We're going to do a pop quiz. You all remember how that feels, how that felt? However many decades ago, whenever your uh, teacher would start the class that way with pop, did that feel pretty good? You were excited about that? Gail was. I know she was. I can tell. <laughs> I promised you have heard the answers to these questions, okay? We're going to start off really easy. Who is my neighbor? Everyone. All right. Everyone. That is the correct answer. And also everyone includes the people right next door to you. It includes the people sitting in your row. It includes your actual, you know, block, all the people in your block. And anyone who gets in your path, anyone who is on your way, that is your neighbor. That is who you are commanded to love. Uh, next question. What are we supposed to do for the hungry? Feed them. See, you guys were so worried. This is easy. You know all the answers. Feed them. Yes, you feed them. You share a meal with them. You invite them over for dinner. That doesn't feel as easy, but that's what we can do with the hungry. How should we treat those who are in prison? Visit them. Yes, you guys, it's like you guys have read scripture. <laughs> that's fantastic. Yeah, we visit them. Our, our Kairos ministry hasn't been able to act, be as active in pandemic life. But yes, we should love these uh, brothers and sisters. We should vis visit them. Uh, we should see them as Christ does, seeking them out as lost sheep, worthy of being loved by us. God sees them as his redeemable children, and they are our brothers and sisters. And then last question, um, I know you got one of the answers because we just sent them out, but what should we do with kids? This is harder. Send them out. <laughs> that might be the best answer I've heard this weekend. What should we do with kids? Welcome them, teach them. This is definitely a multiple answer kind of question on this pop quiz, but gone are the days when they should be seen and not heard, and I assure you where they are, they are being seen and they are being heard. I've been over there. It's a lot of fun. Uh, one Bethany connection and mission, since we're talking about mission today, is with the Seedling Mentor Program, and I didn't necessarily expect anyone to guess this answer, but the Seedling Mentor Program, uh, we have some Bethany folks involved with that. Uh, they're seeking mentors right now for children who have a parent uh, in the prison system, uh, someone who's available as an adult mentor in their lives. Just another new way to learn how to care for children as, as part of our mission with God, our focus today. And we're going to begin with a word of prayer. Holy and loving God. As we consider those in need, help us also to consider ourselves and the needs that we have. We have need, Lord, this very moment of your word, of your voice speaking with us. Be with us, God, in our minds to help us discern what we are to learn. Help us to know how we are to walk. Guide us in the way of Christ so that is him alone whom we follow. We pray this in his holy name. Amen. Amen. So today we're going to look at mission work, and I think there's still a huge population uh, in America in particular that, that hears the word mission and gets a certain idea of what that looks like in their head. It could look a little bit like this. This is John Wesley who traveled all the way from England to America to share the gospel message. For a number of folks, it, looked like, it looks like Mother Teresa. She started in Macedonia, ended up in India by way of Ireland. But when we get a vision of mission, we often think about the need that we're going to have to travel halfway across the world to a foreign country, learn a new language, learn a new culture in order to share the gospel message with a people in a completely different situation than ourselves and at great cost to our wallets, to our health, to our relationships. And that can be true. That was true for Wesley in some ways. It, it was true for Mother Teresa as well. And Tom's going to talk about international missions next week. 
But not everyone can do that. And many people are not called to do international mission. But everyone can be in mission. We just often don't think broadly about what that mission can look like. Like it looks like right where we are, right here is our mission field. And it may look more like this. It might look more like shiny, happy people who don't usually come to mind when we're thinking about the challenging work of God that is to be in mission work. But for those of you who have been involved in mission, not just making a donation, which we need so very much, but really serving God with your time and your talents and often with your blood, sweat, and tears, you'll learn that the reward of the hard work that we do for God is joyful blessing. Joyful blessing knowing that we are being aligned with what God has in mind for us to do. The Gospel of Matthew teaches us in this way. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under the bushel basket but on the lampstand and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. This work that we do, like the Pick Your Drive Challenge, is one of many ways that we shine our light for Missio Dei in the world, the mission of God that God calls us into, and the various missions that we serve in through Bethany to be a part of Missio Dei. You guys will, may recognize that we use this term about once a year, this time of year, but it's not an annual event. We're, just, we're spotlighting our missions at this time, but this is not a special holiday season that we're talking about. This is a way of life. This is a way of living as followers of Jesus, being obedient to Christ's charge and call in our lives to give glory to God in all that we do. And especially for us to be about God's work of reconciling the whole world and connecting what he has given us in places of need. One of those is as much as we did not have this opportunity, COVID has made a lot of people shine their light as they shared God's love by caring for others in a lot of unexpected ways. And unexpected because I don't think any of us planned on being in pandemic life. A couple years ago, this was not on our calendars to be doing this two years in. So it's been very unexpected. But Bethany members have shown their light in a number of ways by checking on their neighbors, delivering food, delivering a lot of clean water after the snowpocalypse, taking people to appointments, calling and emailing and Zooming to make sure that people who had been strangers had their needs met, make sure they were okay and then responding to cries for help when they heard them. Giving generously is a part of our Missio Day. We've been giving to benevolence this time of year in this pandemic season in particular because it's been really hard for people financially. And I wanna thank you to, I wanna offer thanks to all my golfers in here who are part of the golf scramble recently that raised money for benevolence. Missio Day is being answers to others' prayers for connections of all sorts. It is shining our light before others to give glory to God. And scripture tells us this over and over again and really consistently what makes this possible, how we can do this and how we're supposed to shine our light for others to see. First John out of chapter three says, see what love the Father has given us that we should be called children of God and that is what we are. This is the message you have heard from the beginning 
that we should love one another. We know love by this, that he, Jesus, laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for one another. How does God's love abide in anyone who has the world's goods and sees a brother or sister in need and yet refuses to help? How does God's love abide? Little children, let us love, not in word or speech, but in truth and action. God's word here is clear for us. We're not to be merely a people of words talking about what we believe, talking about what it means to be Christian, arguing about theology, which we do love to do, or maybe we don't like to do it, but we do it anyway. Saying you love your neighbor is meaningless unless you reveal that love in how you share life with your neighbor. And we already agreed that that was everybody, how we share life. And we keep saying this because we're not living into this truth. We, it's easy to say, love your neighbor. It's much harder for us to bring that to fruition in the way we live. But living in the way of Missio Dei is to live a life transformed by God's love and to be about the work of revealing God in what we do so that others' lives may also be transformed by God's love in a way of mercy, a way of forgiveness, a way of prodigal love that doesn't hold grudges against people who may have chosen paths that we disagree with or maybe we don't approve of. Missio Dei is a way that offers provision and resources and the possibilities of new life that may have been missing without us saying yes to God's call for us to be a part of Missio Dei. One of the many missions that we support here at Bethany is the Christian Resource Center, and it is an umbrella mission for a number of other missions. One is with Faith Home Restoration, and Bethany has offered support to a number of women at Faith Home in finding that place to live that is safe out of a hard time in life, a place where they have found prayer and support, encouragement and fellowship. And one of our sisters at Faith Home, a sister in need, received help. And she witnessed to the action of Christians who saw her and responded. And she wrote in this testimony, I would like to thank Faith Home for their participation in the changes in my life. A few months ago, I was homeless and desperate. I was suicidal. I felt I had nowhere to turn and nothing to live for. That all changed because of God and the efforts of his faithful followers. Today, I have a job apartment, and friends. My relationships with my daughter and family are slowly but surely being restored. More than anything, I have a restored relationship with my earthly father. None of this would have been possible without Faith Home. Last week, I moved from Faith Home with the blessings and help from the church, the leader Amy, and a ministry called Angels Are Moving. I am forever changed because of the love I received while living at Faith Home. That gratitude extends to the love, kindness, and help I received while moving on to this next step in my journey. And she continues, she writes, thank you to all who on this journey who have participated in helping me and Faith Home because I'm on the journey of becoming the woman God has created me to be. And then another sister there shared this story. My journey at Faith Home was the main catalyst of change in my life. It gave me a place to be still and build my relationship with Jesus Christ. Being around the exceptional women of Faith Home taught me the importance of relying on God and not on myself, building up my faith. 
They inspired me to pray and most of all helped make me more of the woman God has wanted me to be. He put me in the right place at the right time of my life with women encouraging and guiding me. I needed that accountability. I was very blessed and eternally grateful. These are stories of loving relationships, the results of building loving relationships with God and with others for God. Being in relationship with people in chronic situations of hardship, situations of need, offering ourselves, our talents, and our provisions, all gifts from God, and sharing those blessings that we know with other people in these places and circumstances that are so burdensome that they can't bear them up on their own, too overwhelmed to be overcome by God without God's intervention that we are called to be for them. A few Bethany members, a few of our Bethany mission leaders are exploring this more fully now, being in conversation with Matt Peacock. He's the founder of Partners in Hope, and he wrote this book, Unexpected Connections, that we're studying. That word mission isn't about doing tasks and donating things. That's a huge part of it that we engage in. But Unexpected Connections teaches further about uniting discipleship and outreach and the work that we call missions, connecting fully in God's mission. The Missio Dei is to learn about Christ. It's to learn his commandments for us to love and to serve, always studying and growing in our efforts to be faithful disciples, becoming equipped so that we may obediently and appropriately reach out beyond the walls of this church Reach out beyond the Christian community so that we can bear the gospel message for those who may not have heard it or for those who heard it but forgot it because the world makes it really hard to remember good news for us. Missio Dei seeks for all mission work to be realized in this way as a way to offer Christ no matter what the practical task at hand is. And friends, pandemic has made that hard for a lot of missions. There are some missions that really couldn't function with the severe restrictions that we had placed on us last spring, or spring of 20 now, I should say. One of our monthly missions, Fresh Food for All, turned into a really efficient assembly line that got food to people, but because of what we had to do to make it safe, it kept us from being able to engage with people because everything was so strict about how we had to physically distance ourselves. And Bethany members and missions rally this year to have Bibles on hand to hand out, to offer invitations to church events. And one of our Sunday school classes adopted Fresh Food for All, and they write prayer cards and personal notes so that everyone who comes through can have that touch of Christ as well as the food that they're receiving. For all of you who are in mission work already, and for those who have options to pick out today after worship, we have those in the gathering area. But for all those mission-minded folks, always have Christ at the center of your mind, in the work of your hands, and in the offering you bring and the serving that you do. Let it be known why you are about the mission that you do. And for anyone else who's left, anyone who claims the name of Christ, anyone who identifies as Christian and yet not engaging in mission work, now is the time that we have to hear from James. And if you know James, you know what he's going to tell us. What good is it, my brothers and sisters? If you say you have faith but do not have works, can faith save you? 
If a brother or sister is naked and lacks daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and eat your fill, and yet you do not supply their bodily needs, what is the good of that? So faith by itself, if it has no works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works, and I by my works will show you my faith. You believe that God is one. You do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. Do you want to be shown, you senseless person, that faith apart from works is barren? Was not our ancestor Abraham justified by works when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that faith was active along with his works, and faith was brought to completion by the works. James can always be a little tough on us, but in a good way. (laughs) Faith in words alone, according to James, is dead. And I've seen it, and a lot of us have seen that faith in words alone is worse than dead sometimes. It's, It's destructive. The damage that has been done by churches who do not live out their faith can be very harmful. If faith doesn't lead people to acts of love in the world, or worse yet, if it seems that someone's faith is actively hurting others or spreading hate, that is worse than death. That is destruction coming out of a Christian body. This is death in Christianity. The works of faith should be evident in acts of love, in acts of meeting someone's needs with our provision. Again, faith should be lived out in loving relationships with others. In our Wesleyan theology, we talk about being perfected in God's love, being perfectly loving. And mission work offers a big step in that movement toward God's love. We joke about how we wouldn't have to preach on these things if we just did them. We could end the sermon right now if everyone in this room was committed in Missio Dei. Every one of our brothers and sisters being being moved to serve by the faith that we profess. A faith of mercy and grace a faith of reconciliation and love, a faith of redemption and provision. And the church has a heart to pursue this vision of God's kingdom where all are giving as they've been provided, where all who have need receive, where the distinctions that divide us no longer do. And instead, all we have in common unites us. Missio Dei is a uniting force that brings us together in spite of all of our worldly differences. Coming together to serve God, there is us. No distinction or separation divides. There's only room for loving relationship if we're serving on God's mission. As we consider how we're meant to be united in Missio Dei, and I'll have some questions in a little bit for you to ponder for yourself but how we're meant to be united in God's mission. We're going to begin by uniting in our words, uniting as we affirm our faith together and acknowledgement of the one body of Christ by faith, the faith that our good works spring from. So I invite you in this affirmation of faith, you'll say the words that are printed in bold. We believe in God, creator of the world and of all people, and in Jesus Christ, incarnate among us, who died and rose again, and in the Holy Spirit present with us to guide, strengthen, and comfort. We believe God help our unbelief. We rejoice in every sign of God's kingdom, in the upholding of human dignity and community, 
in every expression of love, justice, and reconciliation, in each act of self-giving on behalf of others, in the abundance of God's gifts entrusted to us that all may have enough in all responsible use of the earth's resources. Glory be to God on high and on earth peace. We confess our sin, individual and collective, by silence or action. We confess our sin through the violation of human dignity based on race, class, age, sex, nation, or faith. We confess our sin through the exploitation of people because of greed and indifference, through the misuse of power in personal, communal, national, and international life, through the search for security by those military and economic forces that threaten human existence, and through the abuse of technology which endangers the earth and all life upon it. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. We commit ourselves individually and as a community to the way of Christ, to take up the cross, to seek abundant life for all humanity, to struggle for peace with justice and freedom, to risk ourselves in faith, hope, and love, praying that God's kingdom may come. Thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. I want to offer you an invitation now to go deeper as you have affirmed your faith, to go deeper in your discipleship through outreach and mission efforts. We have tables that are set up in the gathering area for you to explore, to make connections with local missions. Missions that we uh, have included here today will be Women of Vision, Austin Disaster Relief Network, Hill Country Community Ministries, Christian Resource Center and Reveal Resource Center, Bags of Grace and Drive a Senior Northwest. And I've heard from some of our donors to We Are Blood that we have a blood drive coming up in a couple of weeks on November 7. That's also happening. And then Thomas mentioned holiday missions as well. Some of those are inside. Some of those are outside in the pumpkin patch area. Several ways to help through the holidays. Missions for Halloween. Student fundraiser is pumpkin patch. Thomas mentioned the Thanksgiving bags. And Christmas is upon us. So we have a lot of missions that you can engage in. We also have a winter coat and blanket drive that's happening through the end of this month. So look for information, again, outside in the courtyard by the pumpkin patch and in the gathering area. As you leave the space um, from the gathering area, you can grab your Thanksgiving bags out there to fill for turkey dinners that we will deliver next month. But for you to ponder now, if you don't know the answer to this first question, I encourage you to pray about this. What is your mission There are new opportunities that we have all the time, opportunities for moving and grooving, which helps people being homed to furnish their homes, mobile loaves and fishes, which is another way we feed people. Care Portal is a new relationship we're exploring, which helps children and families in CPS to connect with resources that they need. Ask yourself these questions if you're looking for your mission. How are you shining God's light before others in such a way so as to give glory to God? How are you loving, not in word or speech, but in truth and action? And in what ways are you revealing your faith by your works? Let us pray. Holy God, as we consider these questions in life, we seek you for the answers we need. Be in our minds, God, to open us up in the ways that we think so that we may imagine more than what we have currently done and imagine the picture that you have for us of tomorrow. Open our eyes, Lord, so that we may see the path that you are laying out for us and give us the energy, the strength, the courage, and all that we need to be equipped to walk that path 
that is our way to Christ and is our invitation for others to Christ as well. We pray this in his holy name. Amen. Amen.